Good morning and welcome to St. John's for our online worship service. Uh, wherever you're watching this from, whatever time you're watching this, it's great to have you joining with us as we worship God together. Uh, for children who are watching, there are some Together at Home materials that, were, that you can download from our website. Uh, they were also emailed out and there are some, some activities that you can do related to the theme for the day. But as we begin, let's remember that we meet in the presence of God. And so I'm going to light a candle. You might want to light a candle at home where you are to remind uh, us of the light of Christ uh, and that God is with us. And as we begin, we begin with these opening words. Do join in with the words in bold. Lord, speak to us, that we may hear your word. Move among us, that we may behold your glory. Receive our prayers, that we may learn to trust you. Amen. And we'll have our first worship song. to come before God in confession and to say sorry for anything that has got in the way of our relationship with him, uh, anything that we've done that has hurt his world or hurt others, uh, things that we might be aware of, perhaps also things that we're not aware of. 
So we're going to use these words of confession as we come before God now. We say together, Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you through our own fault, in thought and word and deed, and in what we have left undone. We are heartily sorry and repent of all our sins. For your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ's sake, forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. And Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and bring you to life eternal, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And the collect, the prayer for the day. Most merciful God, who by the death and resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, delivered and saved the world, grant that by faith in him who suffered on the cross, we may triumph in the power of his victory. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The reading is taken from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 31, reading verses 31 to 34. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. It will not be like the covenant that I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, a covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, says the Lord. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law within them and I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. No longer shall they teach one another, or say to each other, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, says the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity, and remember their sin no more. Here ends the reading. The reading is John 12, 20-33. Now among those who went to worship at the feast were some Greeks. To these came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and asked him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew. Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. And Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone, but if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me, and where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honour him. Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? 
Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then the voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd that stood there and heard it said that it had thundered. Others said an angel had spoken to him. Jesus answered, This voice has come for your sake, not mine. Now is the judgment of this world, and now will the ruler of this world be cast out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show what kind of death he was going to die. Horrendous reading. As we reflect on our reading, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Uh, and some of it can be quite perplexing, some of it can be quite difficult to understand. But Lord, we pray that you would speak to us now and remind us of the hope that we have. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, as I mentioned in the prayer, sometimes the Bible can be quite perplexing, and particularly John's Gospel, there are some bits in it which can seem quite odd at first. Uh, I think this is possibly one of those passages, as maybe you thought that as you heard it uh, and as we read it. But in our passage today, we have some uh, Greeks who want to see Jesus, and so they go to Jesus' disciples, and they, you know, they're obviously intrigued by him, uh, and they want to go and see him. But when the disciples tell Jesus, uh, instead of Jesus saying, well, great, you know, yes, let them come to me and, uh, and I can speak with them and we meet with them, he turns to them and says, now is the time uh, for me to be glorified. And, and then he goes off on a, a random tangent about uh, wheat and dying and hating your life. What was Jesus going on about? Why did he respond in that way? Well, the scene uh, for this conversation is in the context of Jesus' triumphant entrance into Jerusalem. Although Palms ideas next week, uh, in John's Gospel, this conversation comes after Jesus has entered into Jerusalem. Uh, and so Jesus really is at the height of his popularity. The crowds have been hailing him as king. Uh, they, they're expecting him uh, as possibly the Messiah to do something exciting. Maybe he's going to come in and uh, you know, and overthrow the Romans and uh, restore the city of Jerusalem. So there is a lot of excitement. Uh, and these Greeks who are also in the city at this time, uh, they want to see Jesus. They want to, you know, uh, get in on the action, find out what he's all about. But Jesus, knowing all of this, knows too that, that actually this is his hour. His time has come. Uh, and so he says, you know, the hour is now. Now is the time for my glor glorification. Except his glorification wasn't uh, the kind of glory that, that the world might expect or that the people at the time would have been expecting. When Jesus talks about his glorification, he's actually talking about his death. And so he then goes on to explain what his death means and and why he must die. It says, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain. 
But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Now imagine for a moment, if you can, uh, that you know absolutely nothing about gardening. That might be quite straightforward. But you really, really know nothing about how plants grow. Uh, and you're given a seed, uh, and then you're told to bury it in the ground. And if you knew nothing about how seeds or how plants grow or anything like that, you'd probably think that burying this seed in the ground would be the end of it. Burying something in the ground, after all, pretty much symbolizes death. This is, in effect, how people understood Jesus, uh, particularly when he talked about his death, particularly his disciples. If Jesus died, how then would his kingdom come? If he died, how would he be king? Uh, how would he continue to be the Messiah if he died? Surely that would just be the end of it all. The disciples just didn't get it, and, and clearly the crowds, uh, those whom he taught, also didn't get it. But if you were to bury that seed in the ground, uh, and it was to be watered, and etc., etc., all things going well, the seed doesn't die, but it grows. It becomes a plant. It grows and it flourishes. Now, almost exactly a year ago, uh, if you can recall, right back to last year at the Mother's Day service, I planted a little seed that I'd been given. It was a Christmas tree, a little present from Danny for Christmas, a Christmas tree seed, and I planted it in the plant pot. Uh, I only managed to plant one in my clumsiness, I managed to lose all the others. But one of the seeds managed to find its way into soil. Uh, and, and this is what it looks like now. It's been sitting on my windowsill, growing over the past year. Uh, now you can see it growing. It's now a, a gigantic Christmas tree, the size of a cocktail stick. Um, so it's probably got a bit, a bit longer to go. But out of this seed has come life. And this is a perfect illustration uh, to understand what Jesus' death is all about. Jesus died in order to bring new life. His death didn't signify the end of his kingdom, but rather the beginning. He died so that, so that we can have this new covenant, this new relationship with God that Jeremiah talks about in our first reading. He died so that we can have a relationship with God where, where all our sin has been forgiven, where our iniquities are no more, where everything that, that has got in the way of our relationship with God uh, has been forgiven, has been dealt with. And in order for God's kingdom to grow and to flourish, Jesus would need to die, just like a seed has to fall to the ground, to die in order for there to be growth, for there to be new life. Jesus' death marked, really, in one sense, it marked the end and the beginning. It marked the end of the world as it presently was. As uh, Jesus describes it, it's governed by the ruler of the air. It's governed by, by sin, by death, by evil. All of that uh, will be driven away by Jesus' death. And 
So his death marks the end of that, but also the beginning of something new, the beginning of new creation, the beginning of, of a new world order, the beginning of God uh, restoring the world to himself, reconciling the world to himself, making all things new. They mark the beginning of new life and new creation. Now we're in the season of spring, uh, and spring is, is a, a great reminder of, of new life bursting forth. Uh, we can see resurrection all around us. Uh, we can see it in, in the blossom in the trees, in, in the daffodils that are reappearing after last year, uh, and the trees that that looked dead throughout winter, we, we start to see green shoots on them, life returning, life resurrected. I think uh, spring is one of my favorite seasons, well, certainly in the top four. Uh, and one of the things I love about spring is, is seeing this new life coming through and that sense of hope that that brings. I think spring is a, a wonderful uh, reminder of the great deep Christian truth of resurrection and new life. When I went to theological college, I you know, had to read all sorts of books and spend a long time in libraries, but I wonder if maybe the time would, would have been better spent just simply gazing in awe at the new life that comes at this time of the year. Spring is a profound uh, theological statement of what new life there is in Christ and how God is making all things new. Every time you see some blossom, you can be reminded that God brings life out of death. This past year has been dominated by, by loss and by death. Uh, and it seems, it still seems that we're quite a long way off now, but this season of spring brings us hope. And this story of the seed, this illustration, is a reminder that, that as Christians, we have hope. We have hope of new life. That while something might all seem lost, it might all seem gone, it might seem dead and buried, actually there is hope of new life. We have hope, not just of coming out of this pandemic, but, but that hope can touch all aspects in our life. And in Christ, we have this new life. We have this new creation. And as we're reminded in that Jeremiah, Jeremiah reading, we are forgiven. I know this was easy to, to know it in your head, perhaps, or to, to read about it and... and understand it from a kind of statement of faith point of view, but sometimes we need to embed it in our hearts and have that confidence that as children of God, because of Jesus' death, we are forgiven and we have new life. And that new life isn't something that starts when we die, but is something that is here right now. Jesus invites us to to take on this new life. In fact, it's a challenge. What he really invites us to is, is to also die with him, to die to the old 
way of the world, to die to all, all that is wrong in the world, all the, the pain, the injustice, our own selfishness and pride and ego, die to all those things and rise again to new life. Uh, a few weeks ago, we looked at that verse where Jesus invited us to pick up our cross and to follow him. Here in this passage, he, he says again, pretty uncompromisingly, you know, if you want to uh, find your life, you need to lose it. You need to, uh, those who love their life will end up losing it, but those who hate their life will find it and find it for eternity. It's not an invitation to self-loathing. It's not an invitation to, to just hate yourself. That's not what Jesus is saying. But rather, it is to make serious, wholehearted decision about what really matters in life, about what is really important, what Jesus is inviting us to is not just the temporal things of this world, but life in eternity and life in all its fullness. May we have the grace and courage to follow Jesus, to die to ourselves, and to pick up our own cross and follow him. Amen. Oh
Let us pray for the church and for the world and thank God for his goodness. Almighty God, our heavenly Father, we thank you for the victory on the cross because of Jesus Christ. Father, in this season of Lent, infuse in our hearts the light of your divine wisdom and nourish us with your word of life as we pass from our old life to the new life of grace with Christ. Amen. We pray for the spiritual life of the church. Lord, open our eyes to understand the teachings of the gospel and may the love and light of the body of Christ shine in the world for Christ's hope and healing. We pray for our church, St. John's. Father, as we gather in Zoom this morning, give us a sense of inspiration to worship you in spirit and in truth. We pray for the needs of the world, for the people of Syria, as 10 years of civil war has defied solution, for the violence in Ethiopia, the protests in Myanmar, and food poverty for children in Yemen. Father, may hearts darkened by violence see a different light and a better way through justice and peace. We pray for all women and girls, often victims of domestic abuse, harassment and violence. Loving God, we bring before you Sarah Everard, who went missing from a South London street and was found dead a week after. We pray for our soul and for our family at this difficult time. Loving God, we lift all victims of abuse to you. Father, give each and every one the courage and strength to speak up. We pray for justice and provision for a safe place where they can find healing. 
We pray for those who are sick in mind, body, and spirit. Father, we pray for those in hospitals or at home, those who suffer pain and sorrow due to the corona pandemic, those who have asked for our prayers, and those for whom the day always seemed long and hard. Lord, comfort and heal them. Give them the courage and hope in their suffering. We pray for all those who have died in the faith of Christ. Father, we glorify your name as we remember the one year anniversary of the late Christopher Oyesiku, who died on 20th March 2020. Loving Lord, we pray for Fumi and her family. Blessed are those who mourn eternal God. May they face each new day with hope and joyful memories of loved ones. We pray for all children as they pray for the nation today. We lift to you, O Lord, all children as we join them in a day of prayer for the nation. Father, help us to teach our children to know you through the reading of the scriptures. Open their minds to love one another and instill in them a life of prayer. Merciful God, we commend these prayers through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever. Amen.
now for some notices. First of all, on Tuesday the 23rd of March, there is the National Day of Reflection. Uh, and at St John's we're going to be marking this in, in a few different ways. There's a minute's silence at 12, so we'll be tolling the bell at 12 o'clock. Uh, and there will be a service going up on YouTube, a short service of some prayers that you're invited to do in your homes, uh, to reflect and to pray. Uh, as we look back on the past year of this lockdown and this pandemic. Uh, we also have our Tuesday evening prayer on Zoom, uh, which you're invited to join us uh, for that, because then at eight o'clock we're all encouraged to have a doorstep visual. Uh, so uh, this prayer for half an hour would lead nicely into that time of vigil at uh, eight o'clock. One other thing we are uh, inviting people to do is to tie a yellow ribbon around our railings uh, as a memory for someone you know who has died in this pandemic, uh, a memory of a loved one or a prayer for uh, someone you know. So you're invited to, to take a, a yellow ribbon, maybe you have one that you can use yourself, and if not, we are supplying some pre-cut ribbons on the railings that will be available from Tuesday morning. And so throughout the day, you're invited to come and uh, take a ribbon and tie it on our railings, uh, just as a, a personal act of remembrance. Well, Easter is fast approaching, and in this very challenging time, it's important to remember that Easter is a season of hope uh, and new life. And we thought one way of bringing a bit of hope and joy this Easter time would be to uh, place around the community little stones that have the word hope decorated on them. 
uh, and would love for you to take part, would love as many people to take part as possible. Uh, it's very simple, you just simply take a pebble, decorate it colorfully with the word hope, place it somewhere for someone to kind of stumble across or uh, to notice on their walk. Uh, we will have some pebbles in the porch, in the ramp door by the church, if you want to use one of those or just use one that you've got yourself. Uh, and if you see one and you're walking around, uh, the idea is that then you can take it and place it somewhere else so that people are always kind of noticing them and uh, spotting them. And it's just a fun, small way of bringing a bit of joy uh, and reminding people of the hope of this season. And so we close our service with a final prayer of blessing. You might want to hold out your hands as, as we ask God to fill us afresh with his spirit to help carry us through this week uh, and all that we've got going on in our lives. So the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you always. Amen.